Hey there, and welcome to We're Just Hairdressers, a podcast founded on the belief that stylists around the world can be passionate about the artistry of hair design and use their talents to build wealth. I'm your host, Tara Harville. Society tends to look down on hairstylists and doesn't see us as the business savvy individuals we are. This podcast is all about showing society and you that you don't have to choose between being a hairstylist and a wealth builder. We can run a successful company even though we're just hairdressers. Welcome to episode two. I'll be talking with the incredible Carly Zanoni on all things success in education around being a stylist. Education is just something, you know, to me as a stylist, it's very important. I, I know throughout my decade into this career, I have invested a lot of time and money on continuing education. I just truly feel like it is what sets those top artists apart from the rest of them. So Carly, I know you are known for all things blonde and more, and you're joining us from San Diego, right? Yes, exactly. So I have actually spent some time in San Diego. I used to work in Carlsbad. I know you're um, pretty familiar probably with that place, right? Yeah, totally. I'm not far from there. It is beautiful. I'm kind of obsessed with Southern California and Uh, love to visit as much as I can. But um, yeah, so tell me a little bit about you. I want to know more about you and your story and all about your career. Yeah, so I have been a hairstylist now for... um, almost 14 years. I grew up in the Bay Area, so Northern California, and I have been in San Diego now for almost, uh, gosh, like 15 years. And I work in a salon in Del Mar, California, which is like a coastal town in Southern California. And I rent a suite in a Salon Republic building. And I've just been focusing on for the last, you know, 15 years, like building a clientele. Um, I've recently gotten into education, started doing that. And um, I'm just super honored to be here and excited to chat with you. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to chat with you and hopefully, you know, inspire other hairdressers out there to maybe beat what's going on in this world, but I'm just super inspired by everything that you do. I was checking out your work the other day and holy incredible, but (laughs) thank you. Other than that, I would like to touch on a little bit of social media and just ask you all the things that I know other stylists would want to know as well. But first I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, being in San Diego, I know that you guys just actually got shut down again with COVID. Yep. Yep. So, you know, how I want to know a little bit how you're handling that, what your outlook on that is. And, you know, maybe tell me a little bit what you did the first time versus the second time and all things shut down. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, the first time I feel like was just the first two weeks was kind of trying to wrap my head around it and just being like, what does this even mean? Like, you know, and initially the first time a couple months ago when this happened, it was like, oh, it'll just be for two weeks or the time period seemed to be more promised that it was like, oh, it's going to be shorter. Obviously, nobody knew what was going to you know, unfold. So it ended up being we were closed for like 10 weeks in California, I think, um, or in San Diego. So the first time around, it was just really trying to figure out, like, how do I what do I do? Like my, you know, how do I apply for unemployment? Like all this stuff that I had never approached or never thought of. Um then we finally went back to work and, you know, that was an adjustment. And then six weeks later, 
shut down again. And this time I have to say, I'm like a lot more calm about it. I know what to expect. Um, you know, I'm trying to make better use of my time. I'm trying to just be efficient with this time off that I have. Uh, so that's, it's actually been like, I'm trying to just make the most of it. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And I'm just really trying to utilize my time instead of just, you know, let it go to waste. Cause this is as crappy as it is. I mean, it is precious time that I probably won't really have again, um, in years to come or hopefully. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, it's, I, I'm just trying to, trying to, trying to make the best of a not so great situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I heard the other day, I was actually listening to another podcast and someone said, um, you know, I feel like something like this, if you could have the attitude of maybe this is not something that happened to you, but for you and hearing you speak, I see, I hear that a lot from what you're doing. What do you, what are you doing to maybe monetize right now on, you know, this time? And, And I know it's not easy, but what are you doing to make things better for you in your career? Yeah, absolutely. So I um so I do have an online education program which has been helpful um and I have members of that which has been kind of a secondary income stream, but as far as you know for maybe possibly other hairstylists that don't have that, you know, education platform or whatever that they're getting money from, I mean, I think Clients are very apt to help support in any way they can. I have found that. So I don't know. I've been, um, you know, selling retail. Um, some people have bought gift cards, but I think capitalizing on the retail option is a great is a great way to make some extra money. Also, um, I did start offering at home color kits just at this point for those who have root touch, like you know, basic stuff. Obviously, yeah. no, like nobody's highlighting their hair at home, but just basic root touch ups glossing kits. Um, because at this point, I mean, now some of the clients that I couldn't even get in from after the first shutdown, I haven't, you know, now I haven't seen them in six, eight months. So they're just struggling. So, um, you know, the at home, the at home kits have been a great option. People really like those. They're super easy. And again, an additional income stream. Um, and then, yeah, just, you know, focusing on my social media and potentially this could be a great time for somebody who, wants to focus on partnering with a brand, like really hone in your social media for that. So there's, there's actually a lot of ways to get creative with this time to make some additional kind of unexpected cash or like have an extra cash flow. So I don't know. I've heard a bunch of ideas and I like, I like everyone's creativity. Me too. I, I I feel that too. I'm during, you know, we've, we haven't shut down for the second time. Um, thank goodness. And hopefully it doesn't come, but if it does, you know, it's okay. And I love the same. I love listening to everyone's creativity about how they're monetizing and how they're making extra money. And it's funny, what I really love to hear the most is from those people that, you know, don't have a platform and they almost create it during this time. And, you know, it just, it almost, almost shows you that hairdressers really do rule the world. I know. (laughs) It's so true. It's so creative. Yeah. I mean, you know, in any time of, of, crisis I feel like we always come out on top no matter what so I love you're doing that's amazing so you know enough about COVID um (laughs) I I I try I I love to talk about you know the good things that have come out of it I've definitely in my own business lots of good things have come out of this time but 
you know, I, I love to talk about how we can, you know, make good out of something that's not so good, but you mentioned a little bit. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit ago about your social media. Um, I want to talk a a bit about that. I feel like as an educator myself, um, I think that's one of the main questions that I get, Mm -hmm. uh, just how, how to monetize off of that social media. But as far as your social media, you know, how, what, what got you started? You have around, you know, I know 155,000 followers. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And your interaction is so good. And, you know, how did you get started with that? Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, uh, you know, I had, I mean, Instagram became kind of more mainstream for hairstylists. I feel like maybe like eight ish years ago, something like that around then it started to be like, Oh, people are using this for hair. And, um, I kind of was posting stuff here and there wasn't really so serious about it. And I started, I had a decently, you know, decently built up clientele, but kind of wanted to hone in on just getting more of the clients I wanted from it and using it as a portfolio um, for my work so people could see. So I, I spoke with somebody who that was his specialty at the time was like helping people build their social media. And he didn't do, he doesn't do any of the work for you, but he kind of advises on things of how to like build it and how to kind of use it more to get money in your chair essentially. So, you know, a lot of this stuff was very basic, but super helpful, like improve your profile, make it really simple and easy to read, put your first and last name, put where you're located, like very simple stuff like that. So that was helpful. And then, um, you know, we kind of talked about utilizing hashtags and, um, posting frequently, those kind of things. So it's definitely been a journey. Uh, it's, it's definitely taken, you know, it wasn't like overnight, all of a sudden, I just, you know, had this great engagement and had all these followers and stuff. It's definitely been, I've been working hard at it for, you know, at least five plus years. And I feel like that's a question I get always as well. Like, how do I get more followers? Or how do I, you know, build my social media? And I always say, like, first of all, I don't necessarily think it's about followers. There's plenty of incredibly successful hairstylists that have five, you know, less than 5,000 followers. Um, and they're Mm -hmm. absolutely killing it. So I think always just kind of forget about the follower account as hard as that is. But I also think it's important to realize that like, you know, it can be a full-time job. And I do think if it can absolutely work, if you work it, you know, like it does, it takes a lot of time and energy Um, and posting consistently is super important, I think. But the main things that I think have helped me are to number one, just be genuine and authentic. Like people can see right through, you know, fakeness. And there's so many hairstylists now that are posting beautiful hair that you really have to stand out and make yourself different. And I think it seems simple, but one of the best and easiest ways to do that is just be yourself and be genuine and engage with people who engage with you on your page, respond to comments. And then I also just think, um, you know, finding balance with it is important too. Like obviously it helps. It's great. And honing in on the clients you want can be huge for your business and targeting them with social media. But, you know, it's also important to just find balance and it can be totally soul sucking. But I think that uh, you know, it's, I, I totally have a love hate with it, but I do think that finding Me that too. balance where it doesn't over take over your life, but it's doing enough for you to build your business, I think is kind of like the sweet spot. And it sometimes takes a little bit of time to, to get there. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of those things that you just said. I 
Um, how, I mean, how many, you know, you're behind the chair, you're working behind the chair. Do you think that you spend maybe as many hours, you know, marketing yourself and on social media and really tending to that part of the job? I would say it's close. Yeah. I work behind the chair four days a week, um, usually like seven to eight hour days. And then pretty much on the other days and on a few hours every day after I get off of work, I'm like totally focusing on social media. And that's what I mean. Like it's, it's, it's been so great and offered me so many awesome things in my career. So, you know, it's worth the time, but it also is like, I have trouble putting it down and focusing like on other stuff, you know, like I have a two-year-old, I have a husband, I have other things that I like to do, but sometimes it just like, it really sucks you. And so that's something I've been working on is just like finding a little bit more balance because yes, I do think that the hours would be close, like that I actually spend behind the chair and on social media for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same. I actually, um, an educator once told me, you know, you're actually a marketer before you're, you know, the artist and, and the businesswoman. And I, I kind of took a minute to think about that. And yeah. I thought, yeah, that's absolutely true. Cause I guess if you're not, if you're not marketing what you're doing, um, you know, and it's almost sad to say, but in this day and time, it's almost a waste of time. Exactly. And people want to see your presence on social media. And, um, and I think the one thing that you said that really stood out to me was people want to know you. Yeah. You know, I used to, I don't post a lot of hair anymore. Just my audience is a bit different, Uh but you know, I, it was funny, you know, you'd post a picture of a beautiful hair and just get a few likes maybe and then post something about yourself and you get way more. And I know it's just kind of proof right there. Like, yeah, I mean, people, you're exactly right. People want to know you and, and know that they're coming to see a genuine person and sitting in a genuine person's chair and I think that's so important for sure. So that's a great point. Totally. Yep. Um, so the next thing that I want to talk about or ask you really, um, this is one of my favorite questions to ask other hairstylists actually, because I get so many different answers. What does building wealth behind the chair mean to you? Like, what did you notice? Um, like when you're becoming more successful, was there any specific things that got you there when your definition of success? I just kind of want to hear what that means. Totally. I love this question so much because obviously initially when you hear wealth, um, you know, a lot of people's mind goes to money, which that's totally part of it. And, you know, we are, this is a business as much as we all love doing hair. We don't want to do it for free. Probably. I know I don't. So financial and monetary wealth is definitely part of that to me and having financial freedom and freedom to just do the stuff you want, live the lifestyle you want to live, which I think hair absolutely offers that. But obviously wealth means to me a lot of other stuff as well, like the freedom to make my own schedule. That was one of the things that completely drew me to hair in, you know, in the first place. I wasn't one of those people that was like, oh, I want to be a hairstylist since I was three years old. Like I literally went to hair school because it was a career where I didn't have to get up early and I could make my own schedule. And that was what was important to me at 19. But it is true, like the freedom to make your own schedule and not really be a slave to like this, you know, nine to five. I mean, if you want that, if if you want your schedule to be nine to five, then you that's that's great as well. But the freedom and flexibility um, as far as scheduling goes is huge to me. And that speaks a lot to like your wealth and the wealth, what kind of a life are you living? Are you happy? Are you healthy? Um, You know, all of that to me goes into wealth. Um, And I would say 
as far as the things that I've done to kind of focus on being quote unquote successful and what that means to me, like I said, like the, you know, scheduling freedom, financial freedom, healthy, happy. Do I enjoy coming into work every day? Um, I would say in the beginning, I mean, this is such a career where, you know, unfortunately, if you're not there, you're not really making a ton of money. So in the beginning, I really, you know, worked hard, like did the whole thing, worked a lot of hours, worked all the time. Not saying that you necessarily should burn yourself out in the beginning by any means. I think, um, I think again, balance is always important, but I do think it's important to remember. And this is one of the things that really helped me just build my business was be a little bit more of like a yes person when you're first starting out, just because, you know, getting those loyal clients and kind of building that up is what's going to ultimately give you freedom in the future because they are going to be loyal to you. And when you tell them, Oh, I'm not working Saturdays anymore, they're going to take a half day at work and come see you on a Wednesday morning or that kind of stuff. So I think it's super important to just keep in mind, um, you know, the down the road, the goals that you have for yourself, the scheduling freedom and all that stuff will come for sure. But it's important to just keep your nose to the grindstone a little bit in the beginning. Um, or at least that has helped me that's kind of what helped me build my business and just work hard and be open to a lot of things. It like irks me when a new stylist is like, like fresh out of school, they have no clients and they're like, I don't do men's cuts. I don't do color corrections. I don't do platinum, like ball. And they have this list of like all this stuff that you don't do. And it's like, okay, well, you're the person who you graduated from school with last month does all those things. She works down the street and that client's going to go there. And ultimately that client's going to turn into like a, you know, a loyal long-term client, hopefully. Right. I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's important to keep that in mind, be open to everything because ultimately you could specialize down the road, but you want to make sure that you're open to um, all kinds of clients in the beginning and everything that, that, that you can so that you learn and, you know, get those loyal clients to ultimately give you the, the wealth and financial freedom and all that stuff that you want down the road. Yeah, that is great. I mean, you're just a wealth of knowledge, but I love that. I, you know, I always say too during my education, I'm like, everyone has a day one. Exactly. And you got to learn to, you got to learn to crawl before you walk and so on. Absolutely. And I think that's a great point. I, I get, I mean, because I specialize in extensions mm-hmm. and, you know, so sometimes when I may hire a new assistant, they, they're, they, I, t- I hear that a lot. And, you know, it's kind of a chuckle and a, yeah. well, you know, yeah, good luck. <laughs> I'll see you in 10 years. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah, exactly. So I think that's a great, I think that's such a great point, you know, about your schedule and how, you know, you moved on to your dream, what you call your dream schedule. How did you, you know, to be sure that you were taken care of financially and still making what you needed to make, did you, I'm assuming that you probably adjusted your prices accordingly but, you know, what, what got you there to be able to, um, if that's what you did, mm-hmm. to be able to, to do those kind of things? Totally. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, part of it is just, right, like having the years of experience to kind of have seen enough things be doing a little bit better hair. For myself, I felt like my skills have improved over time, you know. Um, so I would say, yes, I raise my prices. Now I kind of raise my prices about once a year and it's usually around like a 20% increase. Obviously with the point, the point Mm -hmm. of raising prices sometimes is to eliminate some so that you make room for new clients who will then pay more. But also again, if you're trying to like cut back on hours, that sometimes is a 
you know, a good way to just kind of weed out those that may not fit in your kind of price bracket anymore. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course. I mean, there's just, there's a stylist for everybody and price goes into that too. So yeah, over time, I've slowly kind of raised my prices. And I think this is something that stylists struggle with. And I know I used to struggle with it a lot. And you kind of just get in the habit of like emotional pricing a bit. Like you feel bad for so-and-so and you don't want to raise their price. And oh, you just give them a free haircut. You just throw it in just this one time. And I am like that too. I'm a complete people pleaser. So I have struggled with that. But ultimately I started to realize like I'm getting burnt out and I'm working these 10, 12 hour days and I'm not really seeing what I feel like I should be seeing from it. And I really just really went back to the fact of like, I'm not going to be able to continue this pattern I'm in and doing this if I don't make the money that I should be making after these super long days or whatever, you know, like compensating myself. So I started being just a little bit more setting boundaries within myself as far as charging people what the actual price was, just being really upfront about that. And I get asked about this all the time. And I know it's a really hard thing to do for people. But ultimately, like we said, like the financial freedom is a big part of, you know, wealth and being able to live that life you want. And Mm -hmm. the harsh reality sometimes is that you have to charge. Sometimes, you know, you got to charge people when it feels uncomfortable. And I mean, there will be clients that this has rarely happened, but sometimes people will give you a little pushback. And I think it's taken me years to realize and to get better at this, but like you have to just hold your ground because this is a physically demanding, mentally demanding, emotionally draining job. And ultimately burnout is going to come if you don't kind of schedule yourself accordingly. So I don't know. I just think it's pricing is a tough thing, but yeah, over time I have, you know, done small increases. I think there's a balance between you don't want to raise your prices too soon and lose everybody. And you don't want to never raise your prices. And then again, that burnout hits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One question I get a lot with pricing. I'm interested to hear yours. What time of year do you typically raise your prices? I know that I get that one too. Um, I've kind of done different (laughs) stuff. I have to say like, usually I do it around fall, like October, November. Um, I feel like, I feel like one of the, you know, I've also done in the past, like January 1st, prices are going up. I feel like that's had a little bit less success for me just because you know, after the holidays, people are kind of like, oh, I'll hold that on my hair anyway. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't really need it right now. And, and along with just a price raise, it can kind of turn people off a little bit, I feel like. But if you do it more like October, September, October, November, I find that, you know, people are just going into the holidays. They're like, okay, I, I still really need my hair done, but it's not quite right in like the Christmas, like where they're buying presents for people and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I feel like I've had the best luck with like a fall mm-hmm. kind of um, like fall, September, October, November. That's, I think that's the perfect answer. I, I I get that a lot. People, I mean, it seems to be the popular thing is to do it in January. And, you know, this was a, right. that was a thought of mine a few years ago. I thought, why would that's like hairdressers almost most dead month ever. And <laughs> Right. Exactly. You want to do things like raise your prices when when you're in demand. I mean, that's how it goes with any other product out there. Exactly. So when you're in demand, you raise the price for sure. So (laughs) yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely. Uh, Let me look here. I've been chatting and my outline's gone off. (laughs) 
No problem. So, okay. So the next thing I really want to chat a lot about education. I know that you, you are really big into education. I know you have your own online platform with education as well. I want you to tell me more about your online platform with education, but I want to know your, your view on education and maybe the right move um, for other stylists to go with education, how you know when the investment is, you know, worth it to make. But first, you know, just kind of what you do as far as education with your online platform. Yeah, totally. So I have, yeah, so I have basically, it's like a private Instagram account um, where you pay and subscribe. So you pay monthly. And then on the Instagram account are tons of videos. I probably have like over 20 ish, probably, probably possibly more than that at this point. Um, videos like tutorials, which range from, you know, all the previous Instagram lives that I've done. So those are like hours long. And then I also have more like shorter kind of, um, you know, 10 to 20 minute tutorial, color tutorials, yeah. styling tutorials, um, cutting business kind of chat, stuff like that. So, um, I post new content weekly and then I also have it kind of um, some of the members use it as like a opportunity to ask very specific questions about clients that I probably wouldn't have necessarily the time to answer, you know, just on my other page. I just, it's not, that's not really a focus of it. So that's kind of cool too, just engaging with Mm -hmm. the people on there and, and um, being able to answer their questions and go more in depth and get to know them. So I love that. And as far as what education means to me. I mean, I think it is literally the single most probably important thing um, and important way to better your career. You know, we talked about like raising prices and stuff. And a lot of that comes with like, well, what qualifies you to raise your prices? Like, why are you earning this raise? And I think a big part of that is education and just bettering yourself. This is an industry where it's changing constantly and you literally cannot sit back and just hope that, oh, that trend goes away or like, oh, that won't be popular for that long because chances are it will be popular. And another stylist down the street has gone and taken a class on this new technique. And when your client comes to you and says, I want to do this new thing. And you say, I don't really like, I don't really do that. They're going to go to somebody else. And I really Mm -hmm. think it's, it's just so crucial. On top of that, I think it's just huge. If you lack any kind of confidence at all in, in color, which, you know, we, I mean, I think still to this day, I have tons to learn about color. I think it's just ever evolving. And that's just one of those topics that you can never stop learning. But I do truly feel like the more education you get, the less fearful and, you know, insecure about doing a technique or whatever you become. And I think, you know, there's a quote like education kills fear. And I a thousand percent stand behind that. I think it is so crucial Um, and I just, I cannot say enough about how I think education just completely sets you apart and it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. You can, you know, always tell the educated hairstylist Mm -hmm. and I I just feel like that's across the board with any industry for sure. But, um, you know, I know absolutely I wouldn't be where I am today without all the, you know, thousands of dollars of education that I've invested and, I think that's what makes you the elite and that's what makes you the master of the industry Yeah, is education for sure. Totally. So how can, you know, cause just cause I want people to know, um, how can they 
access your education? Yeah. So my main um, my main Instagram account, which is at the dot blonde dot chronicles, has a link in my bio to uh, purchase a subscription to the B. It's called the BCU, which is my Blonde Chronicles University. So that's my education page. And mm-hmm. there's a link in the bio and then you sign up on my website and then there's a couple instructions of what to do next. But yeah, the link in my main Instagram page that the link in that bio is the best way to go to find it. Yeah, absolutely. That's so I love the name the blonde, <laughs> the blonde Chronicles University. Thank that you. is clever. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. For sure. How long have you been doing this? How long have you had this online platform with education? So, you know, I actually launched it the last quarantine because I was doing, I had scheduled like tons of classes to travel to for this year. And I realized like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do these classes anymore. So I kind of had, I had had this idea for a long time and had been talking about it and hadn't really had the amount of time that I needed to dedicate to it. And, um, you know, having, having the shutdown gave me that time. So that was back in, uh, March. Yeah, I guess March. So it's been a couple months now. I love that. I'm looking at, I'm actually on it right now. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to sign up for sure because I'm, well, first of all, I'm obsessed. Your color technique is just over the top. Oh, thank you. And, I I just feel like we all can use help on color. And like you said, it's always ever evolving. It just doesn't stop. And new techniques are coming out every day. And, you know, it's it's a lot to keep up with. But I do feel like it's our duty as as stylists to keep up with those things. Just like you said, you know, it's important. Education is important because if you don't know something, they're going to go to the stylist down the road that does. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So I really want to ask you, too. Um, you know, this brand actually was built a lot on stereotypes. I'm not for sure if you got the full story, but my business partner and I was sitting in Vegas um, back you know, this was February before the world shut down. And um, we were sitting at a bar having a drink and this guy next to me, he kind of, he looked over at me and he was trying to have a conversation and asked me what I do. And I said, I'm, you know, I'm I'm a hairdresser. And he kind of looked over and said, you are a hairdresser. You've got, you know, he picked out kind of the brand, some of the brands I was wearing and he was being funny, but you know, his he followed that up with, what does your husband do? Uh, and, you know, I laughed it off. I thought it was kind of funny. Of course, my business partner was ready to fight him like she <laughs> will anyone that offended me. But, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I mean by stereotypes. People don't quite realize hairdressers can be such wealth builders. And, you know, everyone has different definitions of wealth for sure. I have multiples, but... Do you, how do you feel about the the stereotypes in this industry and how they can be changed? I love this question so much because this is something I feel uh, so passionate about because, so I have a kind of a, not similar story, but on the topic, I went to like a very, uh, like a private college prep high school, you know, like 99% of my graduating class went to like four-year universities just that was the that was the goal you graduate and you go to a four-year college so in senior year I was kind of like oh you know I I have an interest in hair like sort of but I'm gonna go to SDSU live in the dorms I don't want to miss out on that so I went for a year it was great socially I mean best year of my life but I kind of realized like okay I this is not what I want to do long term so um so I 
enrolled in hair school. And my mom had seen, you know, another parent from, um, another parent from high school that somebody's, somebody's mom that I went to high school with. And they kind of asked, Oh, what's Carly doing? And my mom was like, Oh, she's going to cosmetology school. And the, the parent, the other parent was kind of like, Oh, like, don't worry. Like she'll grow out of that. She won't want to do that forever. And kind of was just very negative about it. And (laughs) thankfully, like my parents, you know, they did both go to college, but they were very supportive of whatever I wanted to do. So, um, so I kind of was like, wow, that is the stereotype against hairstylists. Just like, oh, like it's a, you know, it's a whatever career. It's kind of just like nothing to be proud of. And I have to say, I have seen the industry evolve so much over the past 14 years. And it is true. I think, like you said, like people assume hairstylists can't make a lot of money. They assume that generally, I think they assume that hairstylists are just kind of stupid. Um, That's kind of the general consensus I feel like I usually get. Like people don't really see that hairstylists actually are intelligent and doing hair is actually a lot more difficult than just like mixing a random this and that and putting a tube of dark brown color on someone's hair. Like there's actually a lot of chemistry and stuff that goes into it. So I feel like just as a whole, as an industry, I feel like everybody is kind of elevating their game. And, you know, like I was talking about not like giving hookups and giving deals to people, like all that factors into it too. And hair is a luxury, Mm -hmm. like getting your hair done is totally a luxury and it should be, you know, it should be considered that. And with that comes a price point, right? Like it's, there's a reason that hair is not covered by health insurance because people choose to do it. It's a luxury. Um, it's a luxury service. And I think that the whole industry is kind of elevating just as a whole. So I love seeing that. And I feel like it makes me so proud when, you know, people love to just exactly like exactly like you said like oh what does your husband do that you have that nice bag or you drive that really (laughs) nice car and I'm like okay I mean I don't usually say anything just to kind (laughs) of keep my composure but in my head and you know my bank account knows different and it makes me really proud to know that like I worked hard and even though people can have their thoughts and their stereotypes about the hair industry like you can make a ton a ton of money. I'm probably making more than my friends who did go to college got that degree and like don't really know what they want to do, you know? And nothing, I mean nothing against the most of them, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I it's I just it makes me proud to know that myself and tons of other people in this industry are just are making money and it's not what people think. And I think over over time that will continue to change and people will kind of get a better idea of like, Oh, hair is a respectable career. And I love that. Or I hope that in the future, you know, if people, if people tell their parents that, Oh, I'm going to cosmetology school, they're like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Like you're going to make so much money. You're going to love this job. You're going to have freedom to have the schedule you want. So I hope that as a whole, we're changing the stereotype. Absolutely. It's a dream job for sure. Oh, yeah. And, I love it. You know, like you said, I have got friend, very close friends that went to medical and law school. And mm-hmm. and I can promise you it's been more than one time that they've said, dang, I should have went to hair school. I know. It's so true. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's just – and that's the thing. I feel like this industry, it just doesn't have a ceiling. Right. And it sounds like a lot like you started – you had your day one. Your day one wasn't so pretty. You you did the things you didn't want to do. Totally. And 
know, my day one, I, I feel like my day one wasn't very long ago, but you know, it wasn't beautiful. And, and, you know, I've opened one business to onto the next and onto the next. And, you know, that's the thing you, you have no ceiling in this industry. So I love hearing from people like you that, you know, because to me, I mean, absolutely where I'm sitting, and I know from where a lot of people sitting, you've built an absolute empire. Oh, and sweet. thank you. Absolutely. Carly, it's been so great to have you on here. I love that, you know, seeing what an empire that you've built and I hope it motivates other hairdressers sitting out there that have made, you know, suffered from being stagnant or maybe not know where their next move is. But seeing that, you know, some hard work and, you know, consistency will get them to where they want to go. But Again, I just want to, can you tell them where to find you again, as far as your, your social media and your education page? Totally. So I am at the.blonde.chronicles on Instagram, and that has a link in my bio to take you to um, my online edu- or my education, my private education Instagram, which is at the.bcu. So the, yeah, the link in my profile is the easiest way to get to that. And then you know, I'm always open. Um, I try to get back to all my DMs, comments, everything. So don't hesitate to reach out if anybody has specific questions about anything we chatted about or anything else in general. I'm always happy to help anyway and, and help in any way that I can. Absolutely. Carly, you are the type that is changing the game in this industry. So again, an honor to have you. But thanks everyone for listening to episode two of Wordress Hairdressers. I'm Tara Harville reminding you that building wealth from behind the chair is attainable. 